I feel like a lot of disappearances have a few options. Foul play, starting a new life, or suicide. The case that we are covering today has theories that support all three of these options in very strong ways. Thank you for listening to this episode of Crime Nerds. I'm your host, Koi, and this is the story of Ray Grecar. Ray Grecar was born October 9, 1945, in Cleveland, Ohio, where he grew up. For high school, Ray attended the prestigious Catholic Gilmore Academy. After high school, he attended the University of Dayton. While Ray was in college, he did an internship at the state attorney's office, which really sparked his interest in studying law. After graduating, he went back to Cleveland and studied law at Case Western Reserve University School of Law. And this is exactly why I could not survive law school. I could barely make it through saying the name of the school. When he was at the University of Dayton, Ray met Barbara Gray. They began dating, and she moved to Cleveland. They got married in 1969. After finishing law school, Ray took a job as a prosecutor in Cuyahoga County. And I apologize if I said that name wrong, and you're probably going to hear me say that a lot where he specialized in prosecuting sexual assault and murder cases. Ray and Barbara adopted a little girl in 1978. Then in 1980, they moved to the town of State College, Pennsylvania, where Barbara began working at Pennsylvania State University, also known as Penn State. During this initial move, Ray decided that he wanted to be a stay-at-home dad to their young daughter, which was a job that he loved to have. Then, the Center County District Attorney approached him with a job offer as being the Assistant District Attorney, which Ray accepted. In 1985, the DA decided not to run for re-election, and Ray ran, and he won the election. By 1991, Ray and Barbara were divorced. In 1996, Ray remarried to a woman named Emma. Also, in 1996, Ray's brother Roy went missing. Roy's body was found a week later in the Great Miami River, and his death was ruled to be a suicide. And this is going to come up a little bit later. Then in 1998, a case came across Ray's desk that may have affected the rest of his life. In 1998, the Penn State football team ended their season ranked number 15. At the end of the season, they traveled to Tampa, Florida, where they beat Kentucky in the Outback Bowl. This was Joe Paterno's 33rd season coaching the team, and their defensive coordinator was Jerry Sandusky. Behind the scenes of what was happening during this football season was the first report made about Jerry Sandusky sexually abusing a child. The report was that Jerry showered with and touched a young boy. When this was reported to the DA's office, Ray led the investigation himself. It's been reported in multiple outlets that Ray had a cop hide inside the mom's house. While she confronted Jerry about this, 
And the way that all these articles are worded with the cop hiding, I'm assuming that the mom confronted Jerry in person and not over the phone or anything like that. It was reported that Jerry admitted to showering with the boy, but not touching him, and that Jerry was begging the mom to forgive him. How that wasn't enough to lock him up back then, I have no idea, I'm not an attorney, but I feel like that's a lot. And then even more baffling, that was the end of the case. Ray elected not to pursue charges. And to this day, no one knows why. One thing that may just be odd timing, the boy spoke with two psychologists, and after speaking with the second one, the case was closed two days later. There are obvious theories of it being a high-profile case, football coach, and all this other stuff, but Ray's colleagues have said that he didn't shy away from that stuff. He wasn't a part of a bunch of clubs or groups that may try and talk him out of something just because it was the football team. He really kept to himself, and he had prosecuted plenty of high-profile cases, even some with college athletes. And it's not like Ray got the report and immediately closed it. He was taking steps to gather evidence, so it's just very weird all around. In the 90s, Ray prosecuted several Penn State athletes for when they got in trouble off the field. He also handled a case of a Penn State student who was murdered and a suspected serial killer. A co-worker later described Ray as having an, quote, honest-to-God soul, unquote, and he would spend hours with victims talking to them because he really cared and wanted to help them. So, no one knows, even to this day, why he decided not to pursue charges against Jerry. Then, in 2001, Ray and Emma divorced. Over the next couple of years, Ray dated a few different women off and on. By 2005, at 59 years old, Ray was living with his girlfriend, Patty, and preparing for retirement. He was especially looking forward to making trips to Europe. On April 15, 2005, Ray called Patty around 11.30 in the morning. He told her that he was driving through the Brush Valley, which is just north of Centra Hall. Then, after that phone call, hours passed with no word from Ray. As the sun began to set, Patty grew more and more anxious. She frantically called 911 to report Ray missing. And from there, nothing would ever be the same. At the time, Ray was living in Belfonte. The following day, Ray's red Mini Cooper was found abandoned in the parking lot of an antique store about an hour away in Lewisburg, Pennsylvania. Inside the car, investigators found Ray's work cell phone. The things that appeared to be missing were his keys, laptop, and his wallet. There was nothing in the car that indicated that there was foul play. One thing that really stood out to investigators was that Inside the car, there was a strong odor of cigarette smoke, even though Ray didn't smoke. As investigators canvassed businesses nearby, they found a business owner who remembered seeing Ray at the antique mall. They described that he was with a woman about 5'9", short dark hair, in her early 30s or 40s. Originally, this was believed to be Ray's longtime friend, Barbara Petito. She matched the description, and she and Ray frequented that antique shop together quite often. Investigators 
Investigators then learned that this woman was not Barbara, as she was in New York City at the time. And that mystery woman has never been identified. Investigators tried to use a canine to track Ray's scent from his car, but the dog seemed to lose the scent around the same area, which led them to think that maybe Ray got into another car, potentially whoever this mystery woman was. With Ray being the district attorney, a lot of eyes were on this case. The FBI analyzed Ray's bank accounts, credit cards, and phone records, but nothing seemed to have been used since his disappearance. Now, I'm probably going to pronounce the name of this river wrong, so if you're from the area, please forgive me. But where the antique mall and Ray's car was parked, there was a bridge near that went over the Susquehanna River. A few months after Ray went missing, on July 30th, fishermen found Ray's work laptop in the river underneath the bridge between Lewisburg and Milton, which is only a few minutes from where Ray's car was. The only thing that was missing from the laptop was the hard drive. Two months later, the hard drive was found on the banks of the river about 100 yards from where the laptop was found. The FBI and Secret Service used a data recovery firm called Kroll Hontrack to try and recover any data from it, but they were unable to. Or, if you're into conspiracies, they at least reported that they were unable to. Four years went by. Then in 2009, investigators released information about the internet history from the computer they analyzed in the house that Ray lived in. In there, someone searched the phrases, how to wreck a hard drive, how to fry a hard drive, and water damage to a notebook computer. So, there are three theories in this case. And really, I guess it's the same three theories that are in every missing person case. Suicide, foul play, or starting in a new life. Even with the search history on the computer, all three theories are supported by different things in Ray's life. To address the search history real quick, around 2015, Sarah Gannon with the Patriot News wrote an article where she spoke to many of Ray's friends and colleagues. One coworker mentioned that Ray had talked openly and asked about erasing hard drives at work because he was preparing for his retirement and he wanted to make sure that any sensitive information on his computer would be erased. Which brought up another question. If he was trying to be secretive about erasing the hard drive, why would he search it on the home computer? He would know that it would be checked and he'd handled similar cases with the same thing. So, the first theory is that Ray took his own life. One thing that people tend to use to poke holes in this theory is his plans for retirement and to travel to Europe. But one thing that I don't think people really take into account is that you can still make plans for your life and look forward to things while battling depression. Being depressed doesn't mean that you just end all planning of your life. The area that Ray's car was found was shockingly similar to the area where his brother Roy committed suicide. When Roy committed suicide by jumping off a bridge into the river, and Ray's car was found parked near a bridge and his laptop being found in the water. Another thing that was brought up though, unlike in Roy's case, this bridge 
wasn't very high, and Ray most likely would have survived a fall. Not only that, but the water wasn't even that deep that time of year, and most likely, he would have been able to stand up in the water after jumping. According to family and friends, Ray never talked about suffering from depression or having suicidal thoughts with them. It was questioned if the Sandusky case could have had something to do with him wanting to end his life if he felt any guilt from that. But that is just a theory and there's nothing to support that. It had been several years since he dropped that case and it would be several more years before Sandusky's crimes were even brought to the public and he would spend the rest of his life in prison. The next theory was foul play. This theory could go down a few hundred different routes. For one, Ray was a district attorney. So his name was associated with a lot of people being held responsible for their crimes. Ray had recently been involved in a police investigation that led to a huge drug bust and several arrests. The people arrested and their associates were investigated for Ray's disappearance, but none of them could ever be directly linked to him. There was a link to the motorcycle gang Hell's Angels, as Ray had recently prosecuted and sent someone to prison for aggravated assault. The foul play theory also comes back to the mystery woman that he was last seen with at the antique mall. Could she have been someone that he was having an affair with? Could she have had a jealous husband that followed her? But also, if that were the case, why would the husband take the hard drive from the laptop and throw it into the river? With the computer and hard drive in the water, it would make sense for foul play to come from Ray's work life because those would be the people who would have motive to destroy the hard drive and potentially destroy any evidence. But that's all speculation. The third theory is that Ray walked away from his life all on his own. Now, I feel like these theories are always a little bit more of a stretch, at least whenever someone's gone for an extended amount of time, like Ray's been missing for years now. This was almost 20 years ago, and social media isn't what it is now, but starting a new life when you know that you going missing would be a huge case, that makes things even harder. So what supports this theory? When the FBI dug through Ray's financials, they learned that at times he would randomly take out four to $500 from an ATM. No one seems to know why, as most of his bills were paid with a credit card, and this added up to less than $10,000. So really, to start a new life, it probably wouldn't get him too far. But then, there was a story that Ray was fascinated with. He talked about it at the office quite a bit, and it was the story of Mel Wiley, the police chief of a small town just outside of Cleveland who disappeared in 1985. Mel went to a donut shop where he frequented a lot. He joked with the owner and customers, and then he left. That was the last time anyone had saw Mel. Sort of like Ray going to the antique shop. Then, Mel's car was found abandoned near Lake Erie. Inside the car was his clothes and badge. Lake Erie was searched up and down around the area, but there was never any signs of Mel. There were talks that his disappearance was suicide. The detective handling Mel's disappearance was a close friend of his named Jim. The fact that Jim never believed it was suicide led people to believe that maybe Jim knew a little bit more. And 
If it was his friend investigating the case, maybe the investigation only went as far as he wanted it to. Mel was also a mystery writer. Jim came to the conclusion that he believed Mel went to either San Francisco or Florida to start a new life under a new identity. Now, this was a story that Ray seemed to be fascinated with. The investigators with Ray's case thought that if he were to decide to start a new life, it would probably be overseas. He had relatives in Slovenia, he spoke Slovenian, and he talked a lot about going to Europe. This theory had enough credibility to it that the detective that took over Ray's case in 2007 worked with Interpol to distribute flyers for him around Slovenia and other parts of Europe. There have been hundreds of tips that have come in where people believe that they have spotted Ray, from baseball games, to being in the crowd at an Oprah Winfrey show, to restaurants and bars. But the truth is, right now no one knows what happened. Which do you think is a more probable theory? You can comment on Facebook or the Instagram post for this episode what your thoughts are. Thank you for listening, and I hope you have a great day.